Welcome to episode one of Pest Expert Chats. It's a new podcast in which we get answers to issues of interest to pest management professionals from members of Syngenta's technical services team. I'm PCT Internet Editor Brad Harbison, and my guest today is Chris Kiefer, Technical Services Manager for Syngenta, and the topic for our podcast is mosquitoes. Chris, thanks for joining me. Glad to be here and excited to be doing the podcast today. We are too. I think our readers and our our listeners are going to really get a lot out of these podcasts, and we look forward to doing them. Um, Chris, uh, you know, again, mosquitoes is our topic, and I know at PCT a lot of our readers really view mosquito control as a growth sector, and what factors are driving the growth of mosquito control market in North America? Yeah, I think there's several things that are driving the growth of the mosquito market, one being uh, media blast when there's an increase in disease transmitted by mosquitoes, such as the the increase we saw of Zika virus that occurred in South Florida a few years ago. I think uh, a lot more companies are advertising, whether it's on TV or radio, so there's increased advertisements by pest control companies for mosquito services. The cost, uh, you know, when you look at a mosquito service is relatively inexpensive, um, for what you're gaining, you know, you're gaining your backyard back or your pool back or whatever it may be. And then uh, lastly, I would say the ease of access uh, to information by the general public through the Internet. You know, they can go in and on the Internet and look at uh, or, or look at different mosquitoes, the species, uh, disease transmission, you know, and, and look up Zika virus or West Nile virus or chikungunya and learn about these things. And then they become uh, concerned or, or, or aware of the issues and want to do something about it. And uh, Chris, uh, the one thing that is kind of interesting about this market, it, it does have some differences from the regular kind of general pest control that pest management professionals are used to. Can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, what are some unique challenges and opportunities posed by this growing vertical market segment? I, I personally think the primary challenge is communication. Uh, people must understand that a mosquito control, control service is just that. It's mosquito control. Uh, it does not mean elimination of mosquitoes or elimination of the chance of getting kind, any kind of illness associated with mosquitoes. Uh, mosquito services are meant to significantly reduce the number of mosquitoes in, a, in, a, in the treatment area for a given time period. And this time frame is subject to so many different variables out there, you know, the vegetation, the rainfall, elimination of breeding sites, the thoroughness of the treatment, and and so many other variables that contribute to the success or failure of a treatment by a pest management professional. So communication is the key, I think, setting those realistic expectations. And I think that uh, leads in nicely to my my next question, and that's going to a little bit about treatment protocols. Um, What are the recommended treatment protocols for mosquito control services, uh, especially around homes and businesses? Sure. Um, We at Syngenta have done a a lot of in developing protocols for mosquito control services. Uh, A lot of that has been done internally, but more of it has been done externally with our university cooperators and private laboratories. So um, to, to get into uh, kind of the nuts and bolts here, it, it's important to mix the products properly. You know, we recommend that you use a service container. So if you're utilizing a mist blower with, say, a two-gallon reservoir, you get your service container and fill it with one gallon of water, put in the desired uh, or label prescribed amounts of the pesticide you're going to use, 
add in that second gallon, gallon of water in that service container, mix it thoroughly, and then pour that solution into the tank of the application equipment. That way you have a, a nice uh, homogenous uh, mix uh, for your final solution that's going to be applied in that mist blower. Uh, so after you mix your product, um, you know, it's time for uh, pre-treatment inspection, or you could do the pre-treatment inspection first and then mix your product. But you need to go through and systematically inspect the property uh, to remove uh, children and pet toys, uh, remove those pet drinking water and food bowls, maybe make note of uh, where the heavy vegetation is, Certainly want to make note of edible plants or fruit trees. Uh, we don't want to treat those. We want to be uh, aware of uh, bees and pollinators that may be out. And so flowering vegetation is important to note. Uh, remove any items that shouldn't be in the treatment area. Uh, and also look for containers that may be holding water. And if you can dump that water out and scrub those to remove the eggs from the sides of those containers, that will help you in the long run. And then also looking beyond the treatment zone during that inspection to ensure that proper treatment can be made so that there's no chemical trespass or movement of uh, the treatment onto other properties. And along with that, you need to make note of, of wind speeds and, and maybe if there's any uh, rain clouds, uh, you know, where, where rainfall could be imminent. And also, uh, as part of that pre-treatment inspection, you, you already want to be kind of geared up with all of your personal protective equipment, you know, your head cover, gloves, goggles, glasses, long pants, long sleeves, etc. And then after you've, you've done that uh, pre-treatment inspection and you've done, you've mixed your chemical, we actually get into the treatment part of this. And if you're using a, a backpack mist blower, which we found is, is uh, a very good um, application technique, you want to kind of uh, play with that uh, before you get to do treatments, and but use it at full throttle in most cases. Usually on a medium setting, most of those uh, backpack misters will have settings from say one to five, and you want to be somewhere on uh, maybe three or four when you're doing these applications. Make sure you treat um, up to about 10 feet and below, uh, treat the vegetation 10 feet and below in the treatment zone. To make uh, precise treatments so that you don't get uh, chemical trespass into neighboring properties. Treat all the vegetation that you can. Uh, again, be, be aware of uh, pollinators. You know, you want to look for treating under crawl spaces, raised porches, decks. There's bay windows that uh, you can treat up underneath. The, the whole idea is to really treat all potential shaded resting areas for adult mosquitoes. And in doing that treatment, you know, I'd say uh, per label, most products are going to say you apply about two to five gallons of finished solution per thousand square feet. So when you, you do all the math or look at it, you know, the average quarter acre residential lot is going to use about two gallons of finished solutions. But that can vary greatly based on the level of uh, vegetation and the density of that vegetation. And, and during that treatment, you also want to uh let the equipment do the work for you so you want to get up into the vegetation and uh, use the arm of that mist blower and move it in a circular uh, rotation so that uh, you're treating both the top side and undersides of the leaves because the underside of the leaf is usually where these adult mosquitoes are going to rest so by by moving that uh, 
uh, wand or arm of the uh, mist blower, you're going to get uh, good rotation. You're going to get up underneath those leaves. And uh, pay special attention uh, also to non-permanent small collections of water when you're doing these treatments. So, you know, if there's huge puddles of water, uh, maybe you can use larvicides in those areas uh, where you can't um, uh, empty the water or you can, and you don't want to directly treat those areas. So it's real simple and straightforward. You know, follow all the label directions. Most of the manufacturers have great label directions on um, their labels for products that are uh, utilized for mosquitoes. And lastly, I'll go back to uh, communication. You want to educate the homeowner, and that's easy to do. Um, lots of uh, manufacturers and even some of the university folks have checklists to reduce potential mosquito breeding sites on property. And you can uh, do that as part of your pre-treatment inspection and then share it with the homeowner. And by, by pre-mixing, doing that pre-treatment inspection, following some simple treatment rules, and then educating the homeowner, you can maximize the efficacy of your treatment. Well, a lot of great hands-on tips there, Chris. And uh, as part of what you discussed there, you, you kind of went into, you talked a little bit about the treatments. And one of the things uh, we're always interested in is, is, you know, you hear some of these reports about um, insecticide resistance. And can you talk about that as, as it relates to mosquitoes? How serious of a problem is insecticide resistance in the mosquito control market? Yeah. So, it, you know, it's my understanding through reading uh, peer-reviewed scientific journal articles and speaking with the leading mosquito researchers in the United States that there is some resistance of mosquitoes to a few active ingredients or chemical classes. But the levels of resistance uh, vary by species of mosquitoes by region of the country. So, uh, meaning that if, if, say, we'll take Aedes albopictus, which is a common mosquito found in the southeastern United States, if Aedes albopictus is showing some resistance to an active ingredient in a neighborhood, you could uh, potentially, you know, drive 10 miles down the road to a different neighborhood, and that species may not show any resistance to that same active ingredient. So, there's pockets of, or populations of mosquitoes uh, that have been treated for decades with these same active ingredients. And that's how these mosquitoes build up this uh, resistance. And just because the population of mosquitoes is showing some resistance to pyrethroids, it doesn't mean that uh, that population will show the same level or any resistance to all pyrethroids. So the resistance could vary greatly even within the same chemical class. And so to avoid uh, resistance, the best practice is to rotate products that are in different chemical classes that have different modes of action. And that is difficult to do when it comes to mosquitoes because the most effective and financially feasible products on the market today to treat mosquitoes are pyrethroids. So um, along with pyrethroids, you know, utilize an IPM approach uh, when controlling mosquitoes. Uh, by following uh, uh, some of those little those uh, ideas that I mentioned earlier about uh, doing that pre-treatment inspection and using larvicides. Again, from from speaking with folks in the, in the industry and folks in the field, uh, a lot of PCOs are, are really kind of um, examining their mosquito protocols and, and taking a look maybe back at what some of the mistakes that they've made. What are some common mistakes that you've observed that PMPs make when treating for mosquitoes? 
Yeah, sure. So the most common mistake that I see, and, and I go out and spend a lot of time with PMPs all over the country and, and go out and do treatment. And I think communicating the realistic expectations to the client, which was mentioned before, uh, I think it's a lot of PMPs do not do that pre-treatment inspection to identify problem areas, such as those um, uh, uh, containers that hold water. Uh, using a larvicide in central breeding sites, uh, I, you know, fewer PMPs do that than than uh, than what I'd like to see. So I'd like to see more PMPs using those larvicides. They help out tremendously. And then simply not knowing that it's just a mosquito and we're going out to treat it, but understanding the biology and behavior of the target mosquito and actually which species are active in your part of the country or, or your state or your part of the state. And then um, under application, I see that a lot too. So make sure you're applying enough product to the treatment zone for label for maximum control. And Chris, you mentioned before a little bit about this uh, this importance of customer communication. What specific steps can customers take to reduce mosquito populations in and around their homes and businesses? Yeah, this is uh, they can be a tremendous help. So they can trim back vegetation that's overgrown. They need to mow their yard regularly, remove unnecessary water holding containers from the property, manage their irrigation system so they don't have standing water. Um, throughout the yard during the mosquito season. Um, clean gutters. You'll get gutters that, that get leaves and sticks, and they'll begin to hold water, and they'll be a breeding site. Uh, keeping your windows and doors shut so mosquitoes can't enter the structure, or make sure your screens are in uh, good uh, uh, condition. Uh, use a mosquito repellent. You know, wear long pants and long sleeves. Limit your activity outdoors at, at dawn and dusk if possible. Repair water leaks, such as, you know, outdoor faucets that may be leaking and causing water to pool. Make sure your uh, air conditioning unit or condensation and water runoff is not pooling in the yard and that it, it uh, funnels properly out of the yard. Um, you can, they can add soil to eliminate low-lying areas that hold water in their yard. Uh, lots of people uh, have swimming pools, and so keep your pools chlorinated and the, the chemicals at the right levels in your pool, and uh, that will help uh, prevent mosquitoes from using your pool. Uh, during the, the early spring or, or late summer when your pool may not be in use, keep your pool covers clean. You know, it'll rain and you'll get leaves on there, and that, that's the mosquito breeding site. And then uh, homeowners can go to, you know, your big uh, box warehouse stores and buy barbicides over the counter, and they can utilize those uh, when necessary at their home. And Chris, uh, talk a little bit about Syngenta. Uh, what is Syngenta doing to, uh, in the areas of product development for this market segment and also support uh, supporting the industry's public health initiatives? Yeah, um, at Syngenta, you know, we invest over uh, $1.4 billion annually in research and development. Uh, we have a presence in over 90 countries worldwide. There's approximately uh, 28,000 employees worldwide, and 5,000 of those are dedicated staff to research and development. So we have a, a big uh, R&D program here at Syngenta. We're, we're active with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the IDCC, which is the Innovative Vector Control Consortium. 
We also work with the World Health Organization. And within all these partnerships, you know, we're screening all of our insecticides in our archives for potential mosquito control. And to date, I can say that we, with other manufacturers, have screened more than 44,000 compounds, of which several chemistries have been identified for potential development for mosquito control. But going back through these archives and finding all these uh, active ingredients is wonderful, but we need to, first and foremost, we, need, we must understand the human safety and the environmental uh, safety of each one of these chemistries before we proceed into any form of development uh, of these products, potentially be for mosquitoes. Chris, can you tell us a little bit about Syngenta's Secure Choice Mosquito Assurance Program and how this might be a good fit for PMPs? Yes, uh, if you're looking to add mosquitoes um, to your arsenal or looking to add uh, a mosquito treatment as an add-on to your regular uh, clientele, I would ask that you go to syngentapmp.com forward slash mosquitoes, mosquito, and there's a lot of information there on treatment for mosquitoes. We've got a short video, I think it's less than five minutes, that kind of walks you through the protocol and gives you a good visual Everything from the, the uh, personal protective equipment, how to mix the product, um, the proper uh, application techniques, where to treat, where not to treat. And uh, it, it really defines that assurance program. We also have the assurance program uh, written out um, in words, so, so you get it both ways there. And uh, that, that program, the assurance program, uses Demand CS, which is a microcapsulam and by Halfring. And we've done research all across the United States at different universities and independent laboratories following that protocol that's on our website. And we are confident that if a PMP goes out and does that, that he can get, or he or she can get 60 days control of the common backyard mosquitoes. Great. Well, those are some great insights, Chris. And you know, before we let you go here, uh, just some, some final thoughts. Anything else that uh, uh, our PMP should be aware of as they, as they kind of, uh, again, kind of uh, fine-tune their, their protocols for their mosquito program and, and kind of get ready for this uh, busy mosquito season that's upcoming? Yeah, I, I would like to add that it's important to support your basic manufacturers in the pest control industry that have uh, active research and development programs. That, you know, if you look at all the manufacturers, there's only a few manufacturers left that are doing R&D and that are supporting the industry through introductions of new active ingredients, formulations, packaging, uh, label modification, and relationships with private and public institutions to do this research. And, you know, without the support of PMPs and the industry as a whole, these R&D pipelines become lean. It becomes very difficult for us to bring new innovation to the market, which benefits everyone in our industry and the general public. Great. Well, uh, Chris, thanks again for joining us and uh, giving, some of your, giving us some of your insights and some of your thoughts on this uh, upcoming mosquito season. Thank you. Uh, it was a great pleasure. And I want to thank all of uh, PCT's readers and listeners for joining us today. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.